Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Women's Strength Collective, the podcast. I'm your host, Shay Zaru, and each episode we'll be taking a deep dive together into a topic related to women's lifting health and life. I'm going to keep the intro short and sweet this week, but today I'm talking to Kristen Dunsmore, who is based out in San Diego in the US, and I had so much fun chatting to Kristen. I have been... I'd say Instagram friends with Kristen over the past couple of years and this was the first time we've actually had a face-to-face conversation and it was such a ball. For those who don't know who she is, Kristen is a coach but she's also a 72 kilo lifter and prior to transitioning up a weight class, she was a really accomplished 63 kilo lifter as well. Definitely one of the first people who I came across who I thought was such an inspiration in my weight class and someone who just encompassed so many goals when it came to powerlifting. She's been putting out some really good content lately on her Instagram, but the main reason why I wanted to chat with her was to speak about injuries as Kristen has gone through both a back and then also a glute tendinopathy injury. And that glute injury was the reason why she had to make the tough decision to squat 70 kilos at the 2019 Worlds in Sweden. So we spend a bit of time talking about that and how she felt about that decision. And we also speak a lot about stepping back onto the Arnold platform for the first time after rehabbing that glute injury as well. So I think this is a really great episode for those who have been through an injury before or who are currently injured and going through the rehab process. I always find it so interesting to hear from someone who is in a similar position as you who have been through it all. So I really hope you enjoy my chat today with Kristen and hopefully have some laughs along the way. Welcome Kristen to the podcast. Thank you. I'm I'm good. I'm good. I'm really excited to talk to you because when I first got into powerlifting, you were definitely one of my first inspirations especially with your squat and now it's kind of shifted to being more of an inspiration in terms of like your knowledge around powerlifting and also like the content that you put out so it's been awesome to see your journey but for those who don't really know you or know your background if you just want to give yourself a bit of an introduction yeah so I actually did not know that so thank you I appreciate it Uh, I actually so I got into powerlifting uh, I kind of fell into it. So uh, my first meet was in 2014. So back then powerlifting was, it's not what it is today. I was going to school and in my undergrad, I went to school for exercise science at uh, the University of Tampa. And there's a professor there who was, uh, the only way that I could describe him was that he was a bro, but he had a PhD. <laughs> that's the only way that I could explain it so I was just like this guy is so cool because I you know like I I was always into like fitness and I and health but I didn't really know you know what direction I wanted to go I just knew that that was something that I was interested in and so I had met my professor and he was just super into like the bodybuilding and powerlifting Um, he was doing like research and sports supplements so I was just like that's like man, that's awesome. So yeah, I, I kind of just reached out and was like, hey, can I, you know, work in the lab? So we started working at the human performance lab. And at the time we were doing a study on uh, a sports supplement. And then they had, you know, like a program and the program was squat, bench and deadlift. And so I would just kind of do the workouts like on my own. Uh, and so I just was like, this is so cool. I think the first time that I ever squatted and mind you, when I say squat, it's, you know, probably in running sneakers and Uh it was a quarter squat, high bar, like (laughs) not to depth. (laughs) 
Like I totally would have been red lighted, but I think I squatted like 185 pounds. So that's, what is that? 80 kilos? Yeah. 75, yeah, 80 kilos. Above. Yeah. Yeah. So um, in my mind, I was like, wow, I'm so strong. And uh, so that's kind of how it started. That was kind of my into powerlifting. Um, but I don't think I actually competed until three years later. So that was back in 2011. Yeah. And, and I remember seeing a post from you and you were saying that, you know, you didn't sign up for your first meet. And I think your mom signed you up for your first meet because mm-hmm. you kept pulling out. <laughs> yeah. So that's another thing too. It's like, I mean, cause at the time, uh, like my, so that's t- 2011 was when I first kind of discovered what powerlifting was. It took me until 2014 to actually sign up for my first wow. meet. Yeah. And uh, so there'd be a couple of meets and I'd be like, uh, I'm not ready. I'm going to wait. And so finally, yeah, my mom like signed me up. She's like, here's the registration. Like I signed you up, like you're going to do this meet. <laughs> and uh, so I remember the, like the night before, like I didn't sleep at all. Like I was super nervous. Like I was like, I don't want to do this. Like I'm, I'm pulling out. And uh, I did it obviously. And uh, I think I was one of like maybe four women in the entire meet and uh it was like I got done and I was like when can I do another meet (laughs) I feel like that's always the case people are obviously really worried about doing their first one and then they do it and it's so fun and then it's like sign me up for the next four in a row you're like it doesn't work like that (laughs) yeah so that was it I, I caught the bug is what I tell my mom um, but that was my first meet. That was my experience. And the next meet that I did, so at the time, like all the, the rules were different. Uh, my next meet was 2014, like our raw, raw nationals. And I ended up placing third. <laughs> and so that story is pretty funny as well. I, my mom went with me. I had like a, I guess a coach who was like just doing my programming but I went to the meet with like just my mom. And so uh, like, I didn't know what a handler was. I didn't know you're supposed to have one. <laughs> and so at the time I competed as a 63. Uh, so Jen Thompson, like at my, you know, yes. And so, um, and you know, back then uh, my idols, you know, were like Jen Thompson and Kimberly Walford. And so here I am like warming up in the weight room with Jen Thompson <laughs> And I'm like starstruck. And uh, there's another girl there. And her coach actually ended up handling me too. So that was kind of fun. But yeah, so I ended up placing third. And that was just like, you know, same thing. Like, when's the next meet? When can I, when can I lift again? Did you always have those nerves for, because you have quite an extensive background in sport. So did you always have those nerves or was it just kind of related to powerlifting? So, yeah, so um, that's a good question. Uh, when I was in high school, so I, I do have a sport background. Uh, I played basketball in soccer, like American soccer, and I did some track and field. And I remember the same thing, like my first basketball game. I was so nervous. I was so nervous to play. Mind you, it was like in fourth grade. <laughs> like nobody cares, right? <laughs> I'm like what eight nine years old and this is my first basketball meet and I was just like I don't want to do this I'm like this is the worst and then I end up being like one of the best on the team like over the years of course but yeah so I definitely have pre-meet uh or pre-game nerves beforehand and I think that's pretty normal yeah I think it's normal for a lot of people and 
even now, like after competing for years for me, I still, I still get really nervous before a Do meet. Do you get nervous? Yeah, absolutely. I think the first squat yeah. is always the, the most nerve wracking thing yeah. for me. And then when it's out of the way, you're like, that's fine. I actually have like no worries about if I benched first, I would, I'd be fine. I'd be like, fine. Oh, cruisy. But I think, I don't know. I think it's just the, the squat, squat being the first thing. Yeah. I could, yeah, I see that. I feel like over the years, like the first, you know, like the first couple of meets, I was extremely nervous, like would not sleep the night before. And over time, it's like, I still get nervous, but I don't get nervous until like, you know, weigh-ins or as we're like getting ready to, you know, go out onto the platform. Um, But yeah, I could definitely see, I definitely know that feeling of being nervous pre-squat. Yeah. It's like once the three squats are out of the way, it's like you're home free. It's fine. Yeah. Everyone's just smiling after. Everyone's <laughs> high-fiving, doing everything. Yeah. But- <laughs> you're like, it's done. It's fine. The worst is over. Yeah. I think one of the main things for me probably over the past year that I've realized has helped me a lot in terms of how I mentally approach meet day is recognizing that the feeling of being nervous can be interchanged with being excited. And so yes. I kind of stopped fearing the nerves and kind of switched it to like, oh, maybe I'm actually like excited for this as opposed to I'm getting butterflies because I'm nervous. So no, I definitely agree with that. Um, Cause it's kind of the same thing. I get so nervous that I almost perform better just because, you know, in training, it's like, you're thinking, you feel like crap. You're just, you know, you're tired. And so when you're at the meet and it's like, you're excited, you haven't even like hopefully tapered and you, you feel refreshed. Uh, so this like anxiety, I'm so, I'm so nervous that it doesn't allow me to think. So I kind of just do. Yeah. If that makes sense. So sure. I could, yeah. So, and when you did that first meet in 2014, I can't remember what time frame this was for you, but did you have a back injury then, or was it your next meet that you rehabbed that injury for? So yeah, I competed in 2014. That was in January. And then uh, it was after nationals actually. So after nationals, um, that allowed me to qualify for the Arnold. And so it was in between nationals and the Arnold that, yeah, I just started dealing with some lower back pain uh, that I ignored, of course, you know, because why would you actually do something about it when you're hurting? Uh, to the point where, you know, I ended up having to like pull out of the knee and then, it, you know, I was out of competing for almost two years. Wow. Because of that. Yeah. So it took a a long time and that was, uh, yeah, that was frustrating for sure. Yeah, for sure. And do you know what was that actual injury? Did it happen at nationals or was it a post nationals thing? It was just kind of, I think it was just uh, some sort of overuse that, you know, it's just a progression over time that it's, you know, that repetitive, like squat, squat, squat. Um, there's no, you know, variation and kind of what I was doing at the time, uh, was a form of like DUP. So it was just squat, bench and deadlift Monday, Wednesday and Friday, but it was competition, you know, and I think that that was great in the short term, but over time that repetitiveness just started to like it wore on my body to the point where I was like, I can't even like lift the bar um, or get out of bed. So kind of like knowing what I know now, I definitely would have done it differently, but I think I needed that experience to really appreciate what I've been through in the meantime and what it means to me when, you know, like if I've done well, it's like, cause I know that mm-hmm. I've been there before where I've like unmotivated and in pain and not even enjoying powerlifting, to be honest. There's a little while that I felt that way. 
Yeah. And how did that first meet back? So did you say it was two years later? So 2016? Yeah, it was actually 2016. So it was a smaller meet. It was the, it's called the American Open. So they actually do a, uh, like it's a weightlifting and powerlifting sanctioned meet that they have together. And it's a big weightlifting meet and there's like little powerlifters in the corner. But that was my first meet back. And I had a new coach. Uh, so I started working with Chad from uh, Juggernaut. And so that was my first meet with him. And I PR'd all of my lifts, like seven and a half on my squat kilos. Uh, I don't even remember what it was on bench. And then like, I know I pulled over four for my deadlift. So I, they were really good PR since then. And then uh, I think my next meet after that was, yeah, I didn't compete until almost a year later. It was like another smaller meet. But yeah, it was just like a just being back and then just progressive, you know, I had no, there's no issues in between. There was no pain. So it was like every meet I was just doing better and better. So it was really, really, that was a really fun time. Yeah. How did it feel to get back to the platform after two years? Was it fun or? It was nerve wracking again. Cause I was like, I haven't done this in two years. I don't know what it feels like. So uh, that was kind of scary, but um, you know, again, it was like once you were there and you were on the platform and once squats were over, <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay, this is great. And then I had a really good meet. So as soon as I was done, I was like, I love powerlifting again. You know, when can we do this meet? You know, so that was cool. Um, I always love then, after a good meet and everyone's just like, I love yeah. powerlifting so much. And <laughs> the next one, can we like lift tomorrow? <laughs> yeah. And then you get back to training and you're like, this sucks, man. Why, why do I do this to back myself? Back to 10s. Yeah, like, ew. <laughs> I just want to like flash forward to 2019 Worlds because that was obviously a huge meet for you because that was your first world championships, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. also first, I guess, really major competition as well as a 72 kilo lifter because you had just transitioned from the 63 kilo class. Yeah. So that actually that transition was pretty difficult mentally, I yeah. would say, just because uh, at 63, I, I mean, I, I obviously had to cut down, but it was always fun because it was like very lean um, so I just loved like, you know, being strong and lean. Um, so making that transition up to 72 kind of required me to gain weight. And I think sometimes as a woman, purposely trying to gain weight can have a negative stigma towards it. Um, I think, you know, women like this lean tone. So I think mentally at first it was hard, but I was like, this is my sport. This is what I want to do. Like, I don't, you know, I don't care. So um, yeah, so I competed. My first meet was at uh, Raw Nationals 2018 and that was my first meet as a 72. Yeah and which you won and then obviously kind of earned that spot mm-hmm. on the world's team and throughout that time you were dealing with another injury. <laughs> this sounds so bad I'm like perpetually injured. <laughs> um, but were you dealing with that before nationals? No it was during nationals. During that okay. Yeah, so it was probably about like a month and a half before our raw nationals that uh, I started having glute pain. And so it would hurt if I would go in the bottom of the hole in the squat, I would get this like shooting pain in my butt. And so it would be, uh, it'd be hard because I'm thinking sometimes, you know, like as I'm squatting and training, like, oh, God, this is gonna hurt. This is gonna hurt. 
and um, you know, like it did, of course. And so uh, when we got into our raw nationals, the goal was just to tie, like try and tie my meet PR. Uh, like we're like we're not even gonna try and you know do, like just do what we've done, um, and then try to PR like bench and deadlift. And I mean, it worked out. <laughs> so I ended up winning, and then you know going to worlds. But yeah, worlds was interesting. Yeah. And when you're talking about pain, I know pain is so different to everyone, but let's say on your scale of one to 10, 10 being like the most painful, was it in that really high end? Yeah, um, it was. I would say that like pain is like an experience, right? So everyone will experience like pain differently. Um, And I think that that is a huge component to, you know, especially like from a psychological perspective. It's like, like I told you before, when I was thinking, as I'm squatting, like, this is going to hurt, this is going to hurt. And it's like, well, of course it did, you know, and I think you, I mean, not only do you have to like, you have to like get out of that mindset as well. There's so much more to pain as far as like, just the physical component, you know, the like the psychological component to pain is like crazy. Yeah, huge, huge. And then obviously, if you're thinking about it, you're often going to move differently as well because you're trying to protect that thing that you're thinking about so much. So yeah. did you find that you had a, like, you were trying to compensate a lot with other muscle groups? Yeah. So I started, um, I mean, in my mind I was shifting. I don't like if I was or wasn't, I don't know, but I felt like I was shifting to one side to try and compensate. Um, and then also I would squat a lot slower just because I would, you know, I've thought that like, I have to stay tight, because if I don't, then I'm gonna you know, like hurt myself even more. And that's kind of what happened. When I like, I don't know if everyone knows what happened, like, if watches worlds, but I ended up squatting 70 kilos at worlds. So that was very humbling. Yeah. And when you made that to squat 70 kilos, so I read that you kind of made that in the back in the warm up room. How did you yeah. feel in that moment making that decision? Sad. You know, this is something that I've trained for for eight months, and this is my first chance on the world team or like on the world stage. Like, how do you go up there and, you know, squat 100 kilos or plus less than what like I'm capable of or what I've squatted before? Um, and so there's a lot of uh, like, I had a lot of people who I talked to who said, you know, I'm like, I don't want to, I need to pull out. Like, I don't, I'm not ready. I don't want to do this. And, um, I had someone say to me, he's like, Kristen, like, this is like, who knows what's going to happen. Right. Like there's always like that person who comes out of nowhere and just like dominates or like this honestly could be your only chance to ever be on the world stage. Like, why would you not do it? Like, just go there and have fun. And so that's kind of my mindset going into it. And so when I had made that decision to like squat 70 kilos, it was just like, F it. Like, I'm just going to have a good time. I mean, like I was sad, of course, but it was just like, this is my chance. So I'm just going to enjoy it. Yeah. And Worlds isn't obviously a huge experience for any lifter because you're up there with the best of the best, which is why IPF has the biggest name. Obviously you're competing with people like, you know, Kimberly Warford, who was going to have a huge competition in the 72 kilo class that year. So it's an absolute experience. And I got to be there. So, I mean, yeah. yeah, And I was on that same stage with the strongest girls in the world. And I would say it was bittersweet. And were you, when you were in that lead up stage, were you squatting in training and, or did you kind of pull back on a lot of the movements? 
So I would still squat, but what would happen is uh, we'd have to, like, I knew that heavy squats would, I don't want to say take me out, but if I, like, after I had a heavy squat, it's like I I couldn't lift the rest of the week. And so the way that my program was, was like, I had like uh, lifts that were like highlighted in red. And it's like, these are the days that are like going to suck. And so like the rest of the week I'd be, I don't say out of it, but just like it hurt. So I was able to lift. I don't know if that was like the smartest way to go about it. Cause I'm like, I'm just going to suck it up and do what I have to do. I, like I, I was able to lift, but I, it wasn't consistent. Like the next training session, I was squatting like 60 kilos. Yeah. Okay. So just change session to session yeah. based on how you'd feel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. And did you feel differently after you did Worlds? Did you feel differently about that experience after? Because I imagine when you would have made that decision to squat 70 kilos, you probably had to make it quite quickly and then move on in terms of mm-hmm. moving on to bench and moving on to deadlifts and really going in still thinking positively about those. Did you have any moments post-Worlds where you were just like overcome with sadness about the experience? I wouldn't say sadness. Honestly, I was just glad that it was over after it was done. I was like, all right, like I'm here. Like, let's just like enjoy Sweden and (laughs) have fun and hang out with all my friends that I never get to see. So yeah, I wasn't, I was like, I was more sad beforehand. Once Once it was over, I was almost, I would say I was relieved. Yeah, I guess too, as well, like if you take that pressure off with training and now you can probably focus on that actual rehab process without Mm -hmm. the pressure of having, I mean, Worlds is a huge amount of pressure, way more pressure than I feel like would be for a local meet because you're representing your country. Yeah. Oh, totally, totally, 100%. And then, um, yeah, and it was hard too because it was like, I mean, I made the mistake of, I think after nationals, because if you had like an eight month in between before world so I was like oh well I have eight months like I'll just you know to to get better and so one the mistake that I think I made is that I never actually went to go see a specialist we were kind of just doing my own training and it like helped I guess but then as soon as we started you know getting into like the strength and working up to like maxes like it came right back immediately so um, by the time that I was like at world I was like oh I'm still still hurting so after world, it was kind of like, all right, I need to like get it together. Uh, and then I started working with a PT um, who does like specializes in like pain. Um, so his name's Michael Ray, if anyone like is interested. And he's, uh, he's from Barbell Medicine. He's one of their rehab specialists, but he's amazing. Um, and so I worked with him uh, and he just, he was like, he had me squatting. <laughs> And you'd have me squatting and it was like having me doing like tempo squats and just, you know, getting used to the movement and being like, hey, like, okay, you're going to be okay. Like your leg isn't going to fall off or something. And so I worked with him probably for like six months. Uh, And then that's like kind of how I transitioned to the Arnold this past year. My lifts were not, I didn't hit any PRs. So, I mean, that was kind of upsetting, but I kind of knew going into that, that like, I'm not here to, you know, to max out and hit PRs or anything. It was just like, I'm here to be like, I'm back. I imagine that was probably a good feeling. Yeah, just to to be back. And it was just like, this is my, my comeback me. And I wasn't doing it to, you know, I think like Isabella was there. And I was like, you know, she's the other 72. I was like, I know, you know, like, I'm not going to beat her. Yet, yeah. I'm coming for Isabel. <laughs> Just wait, I'm coming for that squat. Um, 
but yeah, so I knew that I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to win, but I, I don't care. That's not the point of this meet. This meet was for me. Yeah. So. And I think I want to add yeah. as well, and correct me if I'm wrong, you had glute tendinopathy, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. So that's just basically like equivalent of having a pain in the, the butt. Yeah. So yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Tendon related so- issues are very frustrating because you feel them pretty much all the time and they only get better with load it just has to be you know so carefully added and yeah for sure so it was like just kind of slowly loading so when I started I was basically like almost doing the bar you know and uh just kind of progressing and then for a while like that didn't work so instead of trying to add load what we did was um because it only hurt after a certain range of motion. It was like at the bottom of the hole. And so we started doing pin squats. And and I'm not saying like, this is not like, I'm not trying to give out like rehab advice. So like, don't, you know, like, <laughs> like if your butt hurt, doesn't do what I did. This is like what worked for me. Um, but we started doing pin squats. We would do heavy pin squats. And then, you know, every week, instead of trying to load it, we would just try to lower our uh, increased range of motion. And so that seemed to help better than us trying to slowly increase the load over uh, the course of like a couple of weeks or months. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, And when you went back to the Arnold's and you kind of got on that stage again, were Mm -hmm. you, were you worried that the pain was going to come back or was that not even a thing in your mind because you had done all that train, like the training beforehand? It was like it was definitely there and I did have a little bit of uh like sensation I wouldn't have like called it pain I was nervous but it was like I know that I had done what I was supposed to do um and it's normal and he would even say like you know it's like it's expected like don't think you're like doing the the rehab stuff like it was not pain free but there's like this you know level or like this this threshold of like you know, there is sensation there, but it wasn't that excruciating pain. And so like, I just had to be reminded, like, it's okay, you know, as long as it's not like debilitating, like there, there will probably be a sensation at least for a while. So at the Arnold's, that's kind of like what I don't want to say like was in my head, but kind of helped me like to be able to pull through. Um, I think I missed my third squat on depth. But I think it was just because like, like I said, the range of motion is what would hurt. So I do think that that was an issue. So that's definitely something that I've been working on uh, as of late. <laughs> just so yeah, I, I could, remember like, as well, like when you were talking about having the really slow descent, I remember mm-hmm. watching all the, like the team juggernaut videos and Chad was just like, oh Christian's just squatting so slow on her descent and we're just trying to get her to speed it up and... Oh, really? What video is that? <laughs> yeah, I think it was just like one of your training ones, but it was just like essentially oh, talking yeah. about, you know, what everyone's kind of working on and yours was, you know, actually like speeding up the descent a little bit and probably because it was such like a mental hurdle. Yeah, I think ironically, I actually posted a video, uh, a squat video today, actually, and it was like my first compared to my second rep. And the cue on my second rep was like faster, faster, faster. And you watch like the first and second, it's like completely different. So um, I'm trying. I'm getting there. I'll be a fast squatter someday. Isabella is one of the fastest squatters I've ever seen. She just hits the hole, gets a giant rebound. She's out. Yeah, and I mean she's a great squatter because of it. Like, look, she has. The, does she still have the world? Had the world record? Yeah, but she's like one of the best squatters in the world. 
Yeah. So doing something right. And it looks easy too. Yeah. Casual, like, you know, 200 kilo squat. And I'm like, you could have done that for like another rep. (laughs) What kind of mental hurdles do you feel like you had to move through in that rehab process? So I would say that like the hardest part is like, you know, you watching, you're watching your peers, right? You're in a sense, your competitors. Um, You can't train how you want. You want to like, you know, win, of course. Uh, So you're watching your other competitors and they're, you know, hitting PRs and having a really good training. Uh, And, you know, here I am like in pain and I'm not squatting anywhere where I want to. Um, So that was probably, I mean, that was difficult. And then it was also like, you know, like then it became mental too, because if you're in pain, you don't enjoy training because it hurts. Yeah. You know, how do you enjoy something that is hurting you? So then it was kind of like hard to get motivated. And then it was like, well, I'm not going to like, you know, do a heavy lift. I'm rehabbing. Like, it's really hard to get motivated to go to the gym. So I think uh, you have to look at the the bigger picture instead of like the, the day to day, because like overall, like these little things that you're doing are going to lead to something bigger. Right. So I think that's kind of like, what kept me going is like, I have a purpose for doing what I'm doing. Do you think that social media kind of played into that at some points? Was it frustrating to be on there and to see these things? I mean, it's more so that social media is so accessible. Yeah. So I actually like, I didn't unfollow people, but you know how you can mute some people. (laughs) So (laughs) Isabella, I muted you for a little while. I'm sorry. (laughs) I did. And not because like, I like, like I love her. (laughs) And it wasn't just her, but I had to mute some people because it's like, you, you do, you get like obsessed. And then like, I see people and I'm like, I, like, it would just upset me. And I was like, I can't, I got to stop doing this to myself. So yeah, I had to like mute people for a little while. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Sorry. I'm thinking that, I mean, it's, it's hard because obviously it's hard not to take things personally in situations like that. But I mean, yeah. I even remember Bryce posting something, I think it was maybe before a nationals before he took a year off and he was saying that he's just going to unfollow people and it's not, yeah. it's got nothing to do with the person. It's just that having it be so accessible, that person's training so accessible, it wasn't contributing positively to his own training or his mental yeah capacity so yeah yeah, I think it's hard in situations like that I've definitely been unfollowed by people like leading up to nationals and then I've obviously I've also unfollowed people and it hasn't been a personal thing no definitely not it's like for your own mental health and I'm sure like that was the same thing for Bryce it's just like for his own mental health you know you have to do what you gotta do so yeah got the mute button (laughs) is she unmuted yeah, of course, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> She's done <laughs> Yeah. You She's do a little bit of time off, <laughs> didn't you? I think you went back to doing some kind of track work. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that actually was a lot of fun. Um, that happened. So right after our, like, Raw Nationals, uh, like I told you, I said I had eight months off before Worlds. So I was like, well, I need to do something. Because at that point, like, let's be honest, like, powerlifting is monotonous right like it's squat bench and deadlift so it gets boring and redundant over a while and uh, I was dealing with that glute pain so it was just hard to get motivated and so I ended up um I was doing a strength and conditioning internship so that's how I was able to do those stuff um so I was working with the track and field team 
and uh, the head coach there. So she's like a two-time Olympian. And uh, she was just like, would let me come up and do some of the workouts. And she would like train me with some other of her Olympic athletes. So a lot of it was really fun because, you know, here they are like these Olympians and they're just looking like these little goddesses. And then there's like this little power lifter. And (laughs) (laughs) And so like they would laugh, right? Because it was like funny to watch. And I knew I was like never going to get good at it, but it was just different, you know, and it was just, uh, it was stimulating because I sucked at it. I knew I sucked at it. I knew I was never going to compete and be an Olympic track athlete, but it was just different. And I got better because same thing, like I'm a newbie, right? So I got like the newbie gains. So yeah, it was just very different. And I actually really enjoyed those workouts. But that was another that was like for my mental health, just to kind of take a break from powerlifting and hopefully to give my glutes some time to heal. Yeah. Do you feel like you're going through a period of burnout or heading towards there? Yes. And I don't think it was just burnout. I think it was just because of the pain that I was in that kind of resulted me in, you know, like it, like I said, it's hard to get motivated. So at that point, I felt like I was burned out because I had no reason to go into the gym, I, I guess. Well, I, I did, but th- it wasn't the same. You know, I wasn't going to go and like train hard so I can get stronger. It was like, I'm going to just go to the gym and do what I can do. So, yeah. I think burnout is such a big one is I, when I spoke to Isabella, she said she's definitely gone through a period of being burnout out and how hard it also is to make that decision when you are, you know, actually like quite an elite level because so much of your identity as well kind of lies in your sport and your performance and that's how people know you as well. Yeah. And so there's a lot like, you know, we talk about like intrinsic, and extrinsic uh, motivation. And so like you have this, like people have this, I don't even say like expectation because in the reality, like no one probably cares. Um, But in my mind, people care, right? And they want me to do well and they want to see me succeed. And um, it's probably same thing with Isabella. Like she puts this expectation on herself that, you know, like she's at this elite level that people have this expectation of her. And then she feels like, you know, she's letting them down because she's, you know, unable to meet their expectations. And then there's like the, the the expectation of yourself too that you this this pressure that you place on yourself, and you're unable to meet those. And then it's like in your mind you feel like a failure, and it, like you're not, of course. But that's like that feeling. And so I think that's that feeling of like burnout. It's like I, it's not fun anymore. I don't enjoy it. Did you feel like you had to do any of that work around kind of removing your identity from powerlifting or? Because you had been through the rehab process again, did you feel like it was a little bit easier? Yeah, so um, I think I had to kind of like take a step back and be like, this is not Kristen the powerlifter. You know, like I need, I need to like find another identity. Like powerlifting can't be my only identity because it's not going to be there forever. You know, like at some point, like I don't know, a family or some other things happen. You see it all the time with some athletes who, uh, you know, they just stop they just don't enjoy it. So I think that's like important too, as athletes is to not make that your sole purpose, you know, to find something like enjoy it and put your all into it. But I think like, yeah, like don't, you know, family and friends and people are important too. And I think that's something that I had to kind of like take a step back on and be like, I need to like focus on other things. So that's kind of why I've pushed as of late, I think more of like the the knowledge side. So if you've noticed, like on my Instagram, 
a lot of it would be like lifting videos. And so this is like Kristen, the power lifter. And like, if you notice now, it's more content. And so this is like Kristen, the, not the philosopher, but the, the, <laughs> the this is Kristen, Kristen, the educator. <laughs> I get what you're saying. I've definitely seen a shift in your Instagram Especially, I think yeah. you were like I think I you were kind of quiet there for a little while, and then I think when you came back, you probably had decided what angle kind of you wanted to take because you were going through that rehab process. And I've, I mean, I've loved seeing your lifting side, but like I said, like you have so much knowledge from being involved in powerlifting for so long, and it's always so good to see people put out that knowledge as well. So yeah, it's been awesome. Yeah, I think it's just like as you grow as a lifter too. You know, it's like this is this is my journey this is my growth and so don't get me wrong like I definitely want to post more like lifting videos um I just think that like in my mind people don't want to watch me squatting 60 kilos you know they want to see like Kristen like the power lifter so I feel like once I'm at that point again that uh I would start posting more but for right now it's like I like helping newer lifters because I never when I was lifting like there wasn't people like we didn't really have Instagram so I think this is like me trying to help others and, you know, women who are afraid to start lifting. Yeah. And obviously your experiences with your injuries, with the rehab process, I know you said like, you're not a, you're not a clinician, like you're not here to help people through their rehab. But I think as a coach, it's so important to even have the understanding of what someone is going through on so yeah. many different levels when they are injured. Yeah, for sure. I think it like, it's, it's definitely important to, to like know like hey you, you need to see somebody like this is out of my realm of expertise I don't want to like pretend like I'm not like you said I'm not a clinician I'm not a specialist but I would like to say that I have a good understanding and that I know when someone's like you know all right you're you're fine or like hey you need to go you need to see somebody I think as well that's obviously um I'm kind of on the coach a little bit as well recognizing yeah. your scope and then obviously sending people off further if you if it really truly is out of scope yeah exactly so but I think it's important to have an understanding is like okay well what is outside of my realm of expertise when you worked with I think it's is Michael and then it's like underscore barbell medicine for anyone who wants to look at him yes yeah um did he do any work with you around the psychological part of the pain or was that just more coming out from like normal conversations, like to and from with him? Or did he actually touch on it specifically with you? Um, he did, yes. Um, but only if I like had asked him, I feel like. Um, I don't think they like most people, if they care, you know, most people don't care. They're just like, well, fix me, make me better. But if he's like, if you want to learn, like it's a great person to, you know, like he'll explain it to you. But yeah, like I would, you know, I'm like, I had a really bad workout. It was I was in pain, I was hurting, I'm upset. And, you know, he's kind of like talked me off the cliff and be like, hey, you know what? It's normal. It's expected. Like, you're going to be okay. And so like hearing that, I was like, okay, well, he said I'm going to be okay. So I'm going to be okay. How did you deal with those sessions? Because I'm sure in the lead up to Worlds, you probably did have some sessions that you couldn't complete or you couldn't, I mean, as well, I think we're so harsh on ourselves as well in terms of even completing it to the standard that we put on ourselves. I think we are, we're on worst enemy. So, you know, like for me, if I have a, a client who's really upset and I know, you know, like, hey, it's, it's okay. But when it comes to me, it's like, do as I say, not as I do. 
Um, so that's why I think it's important to have a coach, no matter who you are, even if you're like the best lifter in the world, because you need a coach who's going to be able to like to talk to you and just be there. So coach is so much more or should be so much more than just someone who gives you a program. You know, you need a, a coach who's going to, um, you know, to talk to you and kind of talk you through how you're feeling because you're not going to feel 100%, 100% of the time. You know, you're going to feel frustrated. You're going to feel like burned out potentially. So I think, you know, having a coach, uh, a good coach is important for that exact reason. And even like I have a coach, um, Bryce has a coach, Isabella has a coach, like we all have coaches. Yeah. Did you have many sessions during that time that like ended in tears or ended in like an overwhelming amount of frustration? Oh, 100%. <laughs> I probably cried. Yeah, multiple sessions. And I remember one time I was trying to I was trying to pull a heavy deadlift and I was actually in Chad's garage and so Chad is my coach and so I was trying to pull like a it wasn't even my max and I couldn't even like get it off the ground and I just kind of like sat on the ground and just started crying and so he's kind of like I don't okay I don't really know what to do here like I'm gonna pat you on the head (laughs) like you're okay (laughs) but yeah like it's just it's frustrating and he's just you know he was the same thing like just talk me down like hey like this shit happens it's not you know you're not gonna have a perfect training session every time especially at an elite level like these these sessions happen you know and so I try to like at least as of late, um, knowing that like, I'm not going to have these amazing sessions and it's expected. And if it doesn't go well, I'm like, yeah, you know, okay, I'll have another good session next time. I think as well, I always say when some of my clients like, you know, that was such a shit session, you know, like, oh, you know, all my squat sessions are bad at the moment. I'm like, I reckon I could count on like two hands, the amount of like really, really good quality squat sessions I've ever had in my whole training. Yeah. <laughs> I think they be as like the the longer you've been training, it's like the less that those like <laughs> having amazing sessions every single time become less and less. A hundred percent. Yeah. So it happens. When we were speaking before about like your transition to the seventy-two kilo class, you're quite tall, aren't you? You know, um, in powerlifting, I'm probably the only. I'm five five. So what, what is that? hundred. 165 centimeters so it's quite tall you have like a whole 14 on me really yeah oh wow okay <laughs> so powerlifting is the only sport where I'm considered tall first of all but yes I'm I'm five five <laughs> like in any other sport like in basketball I'd be short <laughs> that's so true uh, yeah so uh yeah so I guess for my which uh I think Kim Walford is taller than I am she is quite tall, Butner. yes. Yes, Butner is way taller than I am. So I guess I am tall, but I'm not the tallest. In the 63 kilo class, though, you would have been a very tall competitor. Oh, as a 63, they were like, Kristen, you got to go up. Like, you're just, <laughs> you can't watch. Like, I would, and that's the thing is like every time. So um, when I first got into lifting, I probably walked around at 62 kilos. You know, and then I was like, well, 66 kilos and then 68 kilos. And then, you know, so every cut, it would get harder and harder. And um, that's actually why I decided to move up to the 72s was because my last meet as a 63 was the Arnold 2018. 
And, uh, and I, I don't recommend this for anybody. So I'm about to say this, like, this is not like a, a recommendation. I just want to throw that out there. Uh, I woke up this that morning, half a kilo over. So I was in trash bags, uh, running up and down the stairs <laughs> to make weight. Do not do that. <laughs> um, so, so I walk in, like my makeup is like running down my eyes. Like I, I came in an hour so I think because you have two hours, but that like you have like they closes about a half hour before. So I only had an hour. And I weighed in, and like I remember like standing on this scale, and I was like 0.02 over, and I like had a like breathed out, and then it was like 62.98. I was like, write it down, hurry up. <laughs> and so that was like the decision. I was like, all right, you're not a a 63 anymore. You need to go up. Yeah, I feel like everyone has that last experience trying to cut weight yeah. for this class and then they're like nope it's not happening yeah. anymore like, yeah it was like this is not this is not fun this is not healthy it's time to move up a weight class so yeah that's how I made my decision to go up to 72 yeah great. and I know like it was obviously like a like you were saying like a pretty hard transition but when you went into that 2018 nationals when it was your first meet where you didn't have to cut weight were you excited to see your potential as a 72? So yes, um, it was nice because I didn't have to stress about cutting weight. Um, but uh, I didn't know how competitive I would be as a 72 just because like I had never competed. And so like, you know, I'm like, wow, I'm going to be competing against like people like Kim Walford and, you know, Isabella. And, you know, I'm like, I don't know how I, you know, I'm good as a 73, as a 63, like how will I compare as a 72? And so I think it worked out okay. Uh, <laughs> but that was like, I was excited, but I was also, I was also nervous at the same time because I didn't really know what I would be capable of. And then you ended up winning 2018 nationals. And then I won. Yeah. And then I won. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> yeah. no, I remember watching it because I think it was a pretty close battle between, I think it was you and Chloe, wasn't it? Yeah, it was me and Chloe Dublin. And then, yeah, that was another, like, a meet. That was when I was having glute pain. And so I missed my third squat. And, uh, like, that was always my lift. Like, I was a squatter. That was, like, that was my lift, which kind of was hard, too, because when I was competing as a 63 against Sam Calhoun, she was always the better deadlifter. And so for us, it was always, like, well, she had – I had to, like, squat – more than what she deadlifts because our bench were like exactly the same for like you know essentially um but then of course the the squat is the first lift so it's like I always had to be very aggressive with my squat and then with her like you know with deadlifts it's kind of like you know she just had to pull more than what I squatted and so with Chloe Dublin I think her and I were pretty much like neck and neck with everything like we squatted bench deadlift pretty much the same and so when I missed my third squat I was kind of like I was upset I was like oh well there goes my chances right like I'm I'm out of the meat I think Chad said like you know there's there's three lifts it's not just one and so you know uh going into bench I think I don't know how well she did I think she might have missed her last bench and then yeah like once it got to deadlift so it was like I just had to pull more than what she did and then I won in Australia, we always watch your nationals because it's so competitive. Whereas here we have such a small pool for nationals and it's always like maybe three competitive people. Whereas, oh man, you guys, it's crazy how many competitive people you guys have. 
Yes. Do you have any kind of advice before we start kind of wrapping it up for someone who is going through an injury at the moment or going through the rehab process? Yeah. Uh, Yes, I do. (laughs) So I think my advice to you would be like, you know, don't look, look at the big picture, what's your ultimate goal. And if it's like, I want to get back to powerlifting, being pain-free, well, there's a process that you have to go through to get there. And so don't try to like skip steps, you know, like take baby steps um, and kind of humble yourself. I think the biggest problem that most lifters have is that they try to come back too soon. And I'm guilty of this myself. So just, you know, like if you have like your, your rehab specialist, like do what they say, even if it's something that you're like, oh, this is stupid, or I don't want to do like do it because if the, the end goal is what you want, you know, you have to take those steps to get there. Yeah. Was it hard on the days that say you walked into the gym and you actually felt really good? Was it hard to kind of stick to it and not push more? Oh yeah, for sure. But I had made that mistake before. I was like, oh, I feel great. I'm going to go heavy. And then the next day I'd be like, oh, I'm in pain again. So I kind of learned my lesson. And I think sometimes like that kind of just has to happen. So like, if you're not going to listen to me, go heavy and see what happens. And then come back (laughs) and then let me know how it went. (laughs) Oh man, that is funny. (laughs) Um, Do you have anything else to kind of touch on? Or do you want to let people know where they can find you? So... My Instagram is, and it's so confusing for people, um, it's K-R-I-I-S underscore D. And where I came up with that, it was like way before like lifting. I was like probably still in my undergrad um, and I just kind of kept it and I like don't know how to change it now because everyone's always known me as that. So I'm like, well, that's that's my Instagram. That's funny. It's like when you find your, what your first email address was, like when you go somewhere and they're like, Oh, what's your, you know, if you've signed up for something, they're like, I have this email listed. And I'm like, there's like X's and O's in there. And X, yeah, yeah, X, O, X, something. Do you like, what? Butterfly, what? (laughs) Like, where did I come up with this? (laughs) And you obviously also do coaching, don't you? Yes, I do. So I'm also a coach. Um, I'm a juggernaut training coach. So if you are interested in coaching, uh, I do do one-on-one, um, so you can go to jtsstrength.com and you can find me there. Awesome. And I'll also, I always try link everyone, everything that people mention also like in the notes as well. So p- you guys oh, can all awesome. head there if you want to find out anything. And yeah, I'd also obviously recommend checking out Kristen on Instagram because she has been putting out a lot of knowledgeable posts and content. And yeah, I really enjoyed definitely seeing that side. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. That means a lot. And that wraps up episode five, guys. Thank you so much for joining us again this week on the Women's Strength Collective podcast. If you are looking for Kristen on Instagram, remember there's a double I in her name. It is also linked in the show notes though. If you want to find us on Instagram, we are Women's Strength Collective 2020. And if you want to find me, I'm there on at Beyonce. I hope you guys all have a great weekend and I'll see you next time.